Hello, everybody, and welcome to Heads Must Roll, a D&D actual play podcast set in a world of tyranny, corruption, revenge, and vigilante justice. Each of our heroes has had a life-altering brush with corruption in their past. Because of their troubled past, our heroes were approached by a stranger who invited them to join an underground secret society of vigilante outcasts. The goal of the secret society is to expose and disrupt tyranny and corruption in the government. These are their adventures. Welcome to another episode of Heads Must Roll. First, I guess we'll really quickly introduce all of our characters, starting with Aaron. Hello, I'm Aaron. I am playing the role of Delana Greydark. She's a level two half-elf rogue who recently escaped a sex cult situation before she joined the Brandon Hands. All right, sex cult situation. Uh, next, we have uh, Devin. Yeah. I am Devin. I get to play Daniel Sanway, the level two human monk from Sunny Los Angeles. And that's it. He's a monk. There it is. You get that's what the you whole get. Thing. So next up, we have Henry. Hey, I'm Henry. I'm playing Dectrin Deck Gorin, a level two human cleric who's an ex member of the zombie destroying organization called the Scourge Purgers, who is now. A free agent and trying to find some way to end the zombie plague so he can potentially return to the purgers and basically save the day. So there you go. Awesome. And next we have Sam. Hi, I'm Sam. I'm playing Eli Navars, a level two. What class am I again? I don't remember. Hexblade? The spell sword, right? Hexblade <laughs> <laughs> uh, right? He's a fighty spell casty guy. He's got a sword. In any case, having lived a life of revenge, now he's back kind of in it, I guess, so uh, it's time to time to roll. Yep, use your swordy stuff and your sorcery stuff. Yeah, maybe we get to use the sword this time. Pull that fucker out. <laughs> and then we have me, I am Jake, and I'm playing Ingus. He is a level two halfling bard, and he is a aspiring clown with anger issues. Finally, we have Kurt. And I'm Kurt. I'm playing Riven. He is formerly rich and powerful, now rich and mostly powerless. Trying out this, not really life of crime, life of uncrime. Doing whatever it is he's doing. Crime turned uncrimed or crime yeah, for that. a purpose or something like that. Rebel with a cause. <laughs> cool. So that's who we are. And I'm going to turn it over to our DM, Eric. And hi, everybody. My name's Eric. I'm a level three DM. And <laughs> I gave myself extra experience. Yeah, you leveled up faster than us. There's no bias, I promise. All right, but is everybody ready? I'm yeah, ready. Here. All right, so where we last left our heroes, they had just uncovered Orton's hidden laboratory. Roll initiative. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Going right into it, folks. Ooh. I was going to say, yep, start the fight music. <laughs> So, Delana. 19. Delana. Daniel? 23. Whoa. Oh my. It's a good thing he moved those 40 feet prematurely, right? Yeah. Uh, Deck? You know me. I got a fat zero. Wow. I, I rolled a two and I have negative two to initiative, so I no initiative. Hell yeah. What happens? <laughs> okay, so point of D&D order, though. What's worse, an actual zero or a nat one? Nat one. I think a nat one is actually worse, but I don't know if I've ever actually seen a zero before. That's a first. You get to roll for initiative the next round is what happens. <laughs> you get to wait around and nothing happens. <laughs> you just lose a turn. You have to go outside the room and sit there and cover your ears. You get to take a turn every other turn everyone else does. <laughs> <laughs> you have like a leap year birthday. Eli, what we got? I got a four. 
Alright, a little better than zero. <laughs> I mean, you can't really get worse than zero. I mean, you can. I'm lying. That one. Yeah. Ingus. I got a 19. Okay, between Ingus and Delana, who has the higher decks? Probably her. Plus three. I have a plus two. Okay. And then Riven? 15. So, our order of events is going to be Daniel, Delana, Ingus, Orton, Riven, Armor, Eli, and then Deck. Bring it up the rear. Do you want me to take my 40 feet of bonus movement from last time on? You sure can. Oh, Jesus. I'm so sorry. Daniel's going to die this round. I'm sorry. Daniel said, wait, with your eagerness, you spring to action. Uh, Daniel didn't even need all 40, but he took 30 instead. He'll go on the other end of the table. Yeah, so Daniel, uh, like, boxer runs with his with his fists up near his cheeks, and he boxer runs 35 feet up to past the table, past the little fire pit that was in the middle of the room as well, and uh, encounters Orton, who hears many who's, and he's gonna he's gonna punch him. You you should leap over the table. Well, what I'll do instead is I'll do a back roll, right? I'll roll off with my back. I'll use the momentum. And when I land, I'll spring right back up with a sick uppercut. There are tools all over the table. Some of them sharp. I'll aim for the less sharp ones. On my end of the table, from what I see, there's a hammer. So as far as I'm concerned, that's a square object in a round hole that I'm going to do. Okay. Uppercut. Sick uppercut. Oh, that's pretty hot. 19 plus 3, 22. Yep, that definitely hits. Sick. Uh, sick uppercut. Oops, oops, drop that one. Hold on. Uh, For seven points of damage. So as you dive over the table, you can see there's like a crouched figure in black robes, obviously crouched like behind the table. And as you dive over the table, he like looks up like, what are you doing? Like, and all you can see are his eyes because he actually has like, what looks like a mask across his nose and his lower mouth. So all you can see are his eyes wide in surprise as you dive and then somehow get under him and then uppercut him under the chin. When I land, I squat real low and I meet with his eyes and I drive it up uh, with my fist. And then when I drive it up, when I assume both of us are slightly off the ground, I bring my second fist, you know, my, my last and second fist down upon him, and I, and I do a, a sick cross across his face. What's special about Daniel Sanway is he gets to invent his own physics. This very powerful monk. It's it's martial arts, dude. I'm Jackie Chan, all right? Like, I, I I got the stunt crew. Like, we got wires and shit. Like, it's it works, yeah. You didn't choose monk. And you get the, and you didn't don't get those benefits, okay? <laughs> I got a natural twenty. Oh lord, okay, yeah. So you bend physics completely and drive. Daniel this was right really mad about space. them talking shit about poor people, I guess. So two dice because it's a D four normally. So I roll the dice twice and then I add my bonus twice. Bonus just once, but you double the dice. Bonus once, but double dice. Gotcha. Glad I asked. So five. Oh, plus three, so eight. So I only really did one more damage than last time. <laughs> so eight points of damage. This is for Orton? Yes, this is for Orton, here's a who. So the uppercut lifts him into the air just a little bit, and then you cross with a fist, and then you hear a, a stern crunch into his face as it lands into his face, and you punch his nose back into his skull. So he's now standing and goes, oh, as blood goes running down his veiled face. How's that for being a drag? Delana. All right. I'm going to run over behind this like table thing, take aim at Orton with my crossbow and say, this is for you, Farah." <laughs> <laughs> if you remember her. Girl power. 
Hell yeah. Is that the one that left to become like a sorceress? That's correct. Yep. Oh, we love Farah. This was her boss, and you know, I don't think he's so hot. So, for you, Farah. So, a 22. That absolutely. It sinks into the cloaked figure. So, four. Daniel dives behind the table, beats the shit out of this guy. He like pops up into the air a little bit, and you open up to take a shot at him from behind the table, and that sinks into his darkened robes. And you can just see kind of like the fletching sticking out of the robed figure. So you did, you know, you did land a hit. You sunk it. Sweet. For you, Farah. I almost killed her. I know. Yeah, so did yeah. I. <laughs> there was some serious discussion. Keyword is almost. It would have been so fun. Remember, we're the good guys. That should be the tagline of the whole podcast. Delana, any other bonus actions or whatnot? I guess I can hide behind the table. You nice. can. <laughs> yeah. As a rogue, you as a bonus, you can't hide. I will hide behind the table. That's so silly. So so roll a stealth to see how well you hide behind that table as you duck for cover. Eighteen. Eighteen, alright, and then you duck behind the table quite well. Nice. And that's gonna go down to Ingus after that. So how many animated armors are there? To the right of you against the wall, there's two animated armors that are slowly kind of lurching towards you, and they don't look like normal armors that you've seen before. As they're kind of slowly moving towards you, you can see the metal of it is like iridescent color, kind of like greenish and purple, and it warps kind of in cubic waves as they move. So the armor itself is hollow, and then bolts of blue lightning crackle inside of it, and then wandering blue streams of plasma stream out and around Kind of like those plasma balls you touch, and then the plasma like zaps you. It's like that, but they're not zapping in any particular direction. That sounds dangerous. Yeah, that sounds scary as hell. Have you ever seen like a bismuth crystal? I get what you're saying with the ball thing, the touching the ball thing, and the yeah. But I wish I had some. It's like the metal's made out of bismuth crystals, so it's it moves, but they're like it's in like a cubic shape. Editor, put uh, bismuth crystals in right here. Just keep it in here. Put legs on it. Give it a hamburger. <laughs> Thank you. It's like it crystallizes in a cubic fashion kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, they look like little like like circuit boards or whatever. They sound rad, and I want them. All right. Um, so what I am going to do is I am going to run over and I'm going to jump just beyond this table here. And then I'm going to cast a thing called Earth Tremor, which causes a tremor within range. And then everything, it's a range of like 10 feet. Uh, and everything within okay. range has to make a deck saving throw or it takes 1d6 damage and becomes prone. And if there's loose ground underneath, it becomes difficult to range. Interesting. So would you cast this spell, how do you cast it in your bardic fashion? You are a bard, yeah. Oh, I am going to turn around and start slapping my butt like it's drums, and that rhythm is what's going to cause the tremor in the ground. You realize that this is what, what the spell is going to look like from here on. For forever. Is, for forever, this is how you cast the spell. You realize I'm a clown, right? How else could I do it? Touche. There is no other way. He flips his coattails up and just fucking starts hammering. And then it becomes an earth drummer. The ground starts to mirror the percussions of your butt cheeks. Thank you for incorporating that. That was real. That was tasteful. The armor tries to keep its footing, but the tremors go right through into the bismuth armor. Nice. So roll four damage as they take the full brunt. Five. Five, and you can see some cracks go through the legs of the armor sets. Chumps. Did you say they, do they get knocked prone? 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fail, and then it's yeah. also difficult terrain. Only if the ground is loose. Oh, nope. So it is like stone tile, basically. Okay, but they are knocked over as their legs kind of crack from under them. And of course, they're staring at my ass. Yep, your butt is bare. I mean, that's the only way they can really stare at your ass if they are at prone, given your <laughs> halfling and shit. You know what I mean? So, like, they got to be at eye level. Yep. All of our ass play from the other game is now bleeding through. Into <laughs> it <that>. is. <laughs> As it should. Hashtag ass play. <laughs> yeah, put that in the tags. Put that shit in the tags. They'll be sorely disappointed. We won't be demonetized <laughs> 10 weeks in. All right, so Orton is up next. And shit. so Daniel, as you like dove across and just pummeled the piss out of him, he angrily oh. pulls out this silvered, what looks kind of like a short sword, but it's curved and it's shaped kind of like a snake. Yeah. And at the very end, you can see it's kind of like got like a snake head, and he pulls it out of his belt, and he kind of tries to drive it into you. All right. When your armor class is? Uh, 15. Good solid 15. <laughs> All right, and he sinks it into your gut, ah! and you can feel the burn of it pushing into you, and then also this radiating, pinching burn as he Sounds pulls like it out. might be poisonous. And you can see this, like, venom dripping from the very tip, which looks like a snakehead of the short sword. That sounds great. How much damage did I take? So you take six physical damage and then three poison. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Pisha. Yeah, I love taking damage. It's my favorite. Did we end up buying potions or not? We did. No, we spent all our money on meat. No, we, we bought potions. We, we did gold and silver potions. and coppers. You're right. Okay, I have suffered my damage. And I go, ah, fuck you, dude. And I sit there with my fists. All right, and it's going to go down to Riven. I'm going to draw my short bow, and I'm going to take a shot at him for trying to disembowel my friend. Sneaky boys stick together, you know? Sneaky boys. I say that back, I go, sneaky boys! <laughs> 15 plus ah! 4 is 19. 19? Alright, roll for damage as that arrow sinks into him as well. Alright. Since he's engaged in combat with Mr. Sunway, do I also get sneak attack? Yeah, I believe so. Ha! 5 plus 2 is 7 damage. And that sinks in, and you can just barely see the fletching still sticking out of the black robes. Alright. And then for no good reason, I'm going to move 20 feet behind this table. Okay. And you kind of move behind one of the tables inside the lab. Then the armors begin to rise off of the quakey, or, or not the not the quakey ground, because the rumbling was not quite enough to stir up from the tiles. But, Ingus, you have stirred the ire of the armor. And so they're going to slowly push themselves up as the metal kind of like flows in a cubic fashion and they come right over you and they're going to try to just punch down at you. As you can see, they absolutely tower over you. In 5th edition, do you get an attack opportunity when someone stands up in front of you? No. If they if they walk so. into your lot like if they walk into your range, then no. But if they leave it, then yes. Yeah, it takes half their movement in order for them to stand up. I think other than that, I, they don't get a tax opportunity. It's just if you're like trying to leave, they get like yes. a last swipe at you. So prone means it takes half their movement? To get back up, yes. 
Yeah, and so and prone's easier to hit with a melee it weapon, yeah. but it's harder to hit with ranged. Don't we love D&D, right? It's, <laughs> yeah, so it's, I think it's because it's supposed to make a smaller target if you're laying down. Yeah. So you get disadvantage, I think, if you're attacking like a prone target with a bow. Super silly. They, they made it a little bit different. All right, Ingus, and your armor class is? 13. Oh, God, okay. I thought my 15 was bad. As you finish pulling up your pants, these <laughs> two suits of armor just crowd around you and just swing down with their metal fists on you and both connect. Oh, shit. As you're busy, as you literally are caught with your pants down. Did you know we had a clown in our party? Because I didn't. <laughs> there once was a clown named Ingus. My funeral better be funny as hell, guys. It'll be full of uh, bike We'll horns. have meat. <laughs> we will have plenty of meat. And so two heavy strikes rain down on you and do a total of 14 points of damage. That's more than you got, I know that. No, I have one hit point left, so hey. I have a healing potion, though. At least you got to drum your ass cheeks at them. You can knock that off your bucket list. Angus thought prone was more meaningful than it is. They had to move. Kept them from running at you guys. You're welcome. Thank you. Die a hero. Hell yeah. Okay, and so Angus is being pummeled by armor and Eli. Smoosh. You can... Take your action. I'm going to try and help Ingus out here. Aww. How far is that? About like 20, 20 feet away from me? Let's go ahead and cast Hex on the armor. We will use the non... We'll just use the spell version. Are you able to cast a bonus action spell and a... Just one, one spell per turn. turn. Yep. So I gotta just choose. Okay. I wanna be sure about that. I guess in that case, I'll go ahead and cast a Hex on the armor that is somewhat closer to me than on the far side. And then I will charge up to it with my sword and try and stab it or smash it. I don't know what'll happen. We're just gonna swing, swing really hard. And we're gonna swing really hard right over top of Ingus and hopefully hit the armor because it's so much taller. I'm pretty much smooshed to the ground right now. So you, you want- That is true. Yeah, so he's he's just finishing getting his pants back on. Now bloody pants. And maybe a little a brown in those pants as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Now, does 1d6 necrotic damage do anything? They're not biological. Are our bismuth crystals biological? You could roll an intelligence check to see if your character could think about that in the heat of the moment. Yeah, that's great because, you know, my actual player has no idea. Wow, I rolled a 19. Probably shouldn't have used that. Yep, you can use your warlocky knowledge. What do I know? What what don't I know? Roll intelligence. I did. I rolled a 19. Oh, okay. So you would think that necrotic damage against a metallic creature probably would not have an effect. So my character is smarter than I am. So maybe I won't cast that. We're just going to go straight in and, and bash this thing. And uh, yeah. we'll see what we get with uh, rolling attack. Oh, man. It may not hit. What's a 13 get me? 13 has you swing down and it goes and then it doesn't go into dented. Yeah, swords against armor don't quite work well. Yep, it's not harder than your sword, but you just didn't get the right angle on it. It just glanced. Oh, shit. I'm dead. I'm going to be smushed to death. Oh, uh, you and me both here, Ingus. Eli, any, like, bonus actions or crazy warlock stuff? Is there that anything I, I can about? do to help us out so we don't die? You could taunt them and try and hurt their feelings. Ooh, that sounds hot. Their metallic feelings. Your bismuth looks more like molybdenum. <laughs> oh, that's a harsh one. That's their only weakness. Bet you you're made out of sandstone. Pooh, you spit on his shoes. It's always spit with you. Always. I, it's all I got. I could cast the hex on it. Anyways, that's about it. Yeah, so Eli, if you are done, then we'll go to deck. 
<laughs> so real quick on on the on the map, right? A fifteen foot cube would be would be what? It's it's not. It's it's three by three. So nine. So nine squares. Yeah, you would only be able to get one suit of armor or yeah. one Orton. <laughs> or you could kill Ingus and. Or you, yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> or you could get one, two so- suits of armor and one Ingus. <laughs> What spell are you thinking about? I'm thinking about uh, uh, one of my spells called Thunder Wave. Oh. It's a 15-foot cube, and it's creatures must make a constitution save. And if they fail, they take 2d8 thunder damage, and they're pushed 10 feet. If I want to get both of them, I'd have to stand literally on Ingus. And I can't, can players share this, can't can't share the same space. So if you stood on Ingus, can you stand on Ingus? No. As per the rules, no. But like, I'm not the boss. He is a short man. And I'm pretty flat to the ground right now. He is. He's smashed down. Ah. You could spread eagle over this little bastard. Well, let me know what you want to try to do. So the ceiling is probably is only about like 10 feet. It's not super vaulted, though. You should definitely bury us all. It's a very tempting thought, for sure. That <laughs> <laughs> would save on my funeral costs. So There are not support beams. In terms of moving, if I move five feet diagonally, does that count as 10 feet? Nope, this is five. So even diagonal is five. Even diagonal is five. Okay. Yep, they just cut out the, what is it, the two for three? Rule what? They made it worse. They didn't make it worse as you go more diagonal? No, That's so stupid. diagonal, they just. Wizards of the Coast, I know we're using your rules. They're just making it easy. And Jake can edit this out, but that's stupid. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> that's idiotic. You move so much faster diagonally. Are you kidding me? You like geometry? They just cut that hole. They cut out all the math. Shit. No thinking. Just. Move. There you go. There he goes. I, I have to go to. Orton, because this is the best way forward. Let me just see what what, what I'm going to cast, though. Damn, that's bananas. Fifth edition is crazy. There's, like, certain things that are... It's more seamless and more fun, in the sense of, like, the the less thinking you have to do. Yeah, they just cut out some of the thinking stuff. They're like, yep, you either got it or you don't. Like, just, just go. Like, every single time someone shoots into a combat, I'm like, oh, where's the where's the plus four AC yeah. they gotta do? Like, where's the where's the difficulty? And it's not there. And I'm like, oh, what? Since Orton's within five feet of me, I can I can I can hit him, right? Yes, absolutely. You can't attack. I can like diagonally like like a tr- strike him. Okay, then I'm I think I'm going to I'm gonna do Thunder Wave on him. I'm gonna cast that as my other my other spell. Are you gonna like center? it a little bit to the side so it doesn't yeah i'm gonna try and kind of channel it so it's more just like instead of it being like a like an aoe like everything around me i'm gonna well actually i can't even do that can i because it's a 15 foot cube so oh it's around you too yeah it's a 15 foot cube around me that would be fine oh yeah i guess i guess it works and it's it's, just a nine it's just a three by three around you okay Cool. Then I'll do that. Interesting. I'm gonna cast that, and also I have uh, as my, as a cleric, my channel divinity is that I can basically when I roll lightning or thunder damage, I can use this to, to deal maximum damage instead of rolling. But the thing <laughs> is, with the spell he has to fail the Constitution to be able to be hit by it. Oh, yeah. so. so what does he need to beat? Yeah. What What do you mean? What does he need to beat? Usually you have a spell save. Yep. Uh, DC. It would be twelve. Twelve. All right. Let's see. That is not, not good. Yeah, I saw a smile. So after taking the pummeling and the two arrows in the sides, he kind of turns around just as the thunder wave releases from you, Deck, and he flies across, not across the room, but 10 feet directly away from you from the blast to roll for damage. Or don't. 
I'm going to use my channel divinity and to max it. Yeah, max it. So so two d eight damage. So let me let me roll that real quick. Oh, you don't need to. It's maximum. Oh yeah. So it's so it's 16, <laughs> 16 damage. You're right. It is. So it's 16 light electricity thunder damage, lightning damage rather. Nice. How dead is he? Is he dead yet? When he gets knocked back, Dick, is he is he knocked prone or is he just moved? He's they're just pushed 10 feet is all it says, pushed. Okay. I would just like push back or, or even launched, if you will, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so Deck, you run up. And so Daniel, as Deck approaches, you can just feel like your hair starting to like stand on end as he gets closer. And this huge just wham comes and emanates from his body as Orton is thrown back 10 feet and just bits of the arrows that were sticking out of him were just blown apart from the blast and he's somehow still standing although most of the clothes and like bits of his black leather and like gold studded armor is just ripped to pieces and he's almost completely like bent over like heaving from the blow as like little like bits of electricity are still like zapping from him after the aftershock and little bits from the fire and like the burning embers in the middle of the room are like blown back across the room kind of at Riven's feet. Respectable. Yeah, I was gonna say, Daniel looks over at Deck and goes, nice! As like all of his hairs are standing up. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's like all the hairs on his arms are standing He's like, that was rad! When I when I do this spell, I'm kind of kind of like gesture with my mace as like a, like a modified like wand to kind of direct it. And so I'm gonna like point it at him and be like, destroying the purge is a noble goal, but the cost is too great. You have to die. <laughs> you just smack him across the room and then monologue. Hell yeah, it's anime. <laughs> I appreciate your mindset, but I'm going to murder you. And so he's blown 10 feet in the opposite direction as like little bits of dust from the ceiling cave in just a little bit on top of you after the wave goes through. Oh, God. But the whole room shakes from the blast. We're just having ass-slapping sonic attacks left and right, hoping it's that we just all get buried alive. I'm going to get buried dead, so it's... Don't worry, you got a moment to run away pretty soon. But don't they get attacks of opportunity? Well, I don't know how this game works. Or you can let them take their normal attacks. I mean... Yeah. It's not a good situation I'm in, but it's not me yet. I'm going to think about it later. From deck, it goes back up to Daniel. So Daniel, your hair is still fluffed up, still staticked up a little bit, and you can- I have such a decision to make. I can either, I can like pop a potion and be like, oh, now I'm comfortable, and then wait for next round, or I can run in and try and punch this guy. So what I'm gonna do is I'm going to run in and punch this guy. Fuck yes. All right, so first punch. Key, yeah. Uh, so he, he's blown back. Is he like, he's staggered from this? Uh, no gameplay modifiers. I mean, there's no modifier, but yes, he's completely staggered and his armor is basically just shredded. So I'm going to try and when I, when, after I give the thumbs up and be like radical to deck with my hair still standing up, I'm going to try and do a, a sprint towards Orton Here's a Who and I'm going to try and drive a knee into his chest and Kia! Okay, so 21. Yup, right into his chest. Poor you Orton. You feel the ribs break. He's getting bullied at this point. Oh, but don't worry, that wasn't much damage. Um, four points of damage. And you can feel his ribs crack behind your knee 
as his body just crumples to the ground with his last breath of life. Oh, wait, hold on. I have a bonus attack that I want to drive my elbow <laughs> into his collarbone. You, you're entitled to that. I got him with the knee. I don't care if he's dead or not. I got him with the knee. I'm going to drive it into his chest and, like, cave in his, his chest plate or whatever leather his he's ribs. wearing. Yeah. And then I'm going to drive my elbow into his collarbone as Daniel follows through with the rest of his momentum. Uh... Ooh, don't worry, that wasn't much better. You just made all the glory from before, just embarrassing now. A 13? 13, no, so the first hit crumples his body too fast. Okay. The elbow misses because his body just falls to the floor. With the elbow, instead I'll caress around the back of his neck and I'll say, Who are the dredges now? As I murder him. <laughs> his body just crumples to the floor, and with his last breath of life, he yells out again in the slurred voice, he goes, Annie! I'm sorry. And in return, you hear this like horrible screeching coming from the corner of the room to this one table. This horrible, like animalistic screech in oh, I forgot return about that. to it. Oh. But Orton is now lifeless on the ground. I spit on him. What about the animated statues? Were they tied to him? So does without him being alive, or do they just? Uh, they, he said your master's servant when he summoned them. So I'm guessing not. <laughs> they still seem very active. Shit. I thought the same thing. That's why I honed in on him. Yeah, me too. I was hoping that, that there'd be some, like, a life trigger or something like that. No one's hoping more than me that the statue <laughs> collapse. So after Daniel Delana, it is you. So you are hiding, you are crouched behind one of the tables, and you can just hear all this other stuff going on. All right, I'm going to pop my head up. I'm going to see the guy that's, like, right across the table from me, and I'm going to aim. 17. So as you shoot, you see your arrow go towards one of the suits of armor and you see like those like plasma streaks that are from around it. You see as the arrow comes near it, the plasma streaks catch it and they slow it down. Annoying. What? So roll roll for damage. Well, it's uh, eight. Okay. And then are you shooting at the one that Eli is in melee with? Uh, No, the one like in the, in the back by the wall. That's just by Ingus. Yeah. So you fire an arrow at it, and it kind of like turns towards the arrow, and you can see all these all the plasma bolts kind of converge on it, slow the arrow down, but it still sinks into its armor. The arrow finds its mark. It did damage, but you can see that it visually slowed down a little bit Yeah. before, so that plasma has some sort of a protective effect. That's some freaky shit. I want that for myself. And then, <laughs> would you like to move and or hunker down back behind the table again? I am gonna move to like over by this other table. So I'm like a little bit more out in the open here. You can see everyone and what's going on. Okay, you skedaddle out from behind the table a little bit. Good, all right, Ingus, who has probably just finished pulling up his pants. Yep, now they're up because I realize that I, I don't want to be too embarrassed uh, if I die. So I do, I want to start with an intelligence check to see if these creatures, if I think they'd be affected by sleep because they're obviously just like electrified metal. The sleep spell only says that undead creatures are immune. I probably should just take a potion is what I should, but I'm gonna do the intelligence check first. But you can do both. I rolled a 17 plus one, so 18. So you would think that Things that don't naturally sleep would not be subject to a sleeping spell. So I'm going to take a potion now. Potions take a whole turn, though. Is that? I think it's a bonus action. I think it's an action action. Is it? 
Yeah, so having it as like a bonus action is what some people have used as like a homebrew thing. Yeah, for babies. I'm just gonna hold it as like an actual action. Okay. Till we fight it out, because it's it's much it's hotly debated actually what that should be, but we'll leave it as an action here. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll do it because I'm I have one hit point. So what else can I do? So it's two d four plus two, right? Mm-hmm. So seven, I have eight hit points. Now. You should use your move action to shake your ass at them to show them that even though they've broken your body, they haven't broken your spirit. Or my ass. You can break yes. my bones, but you cannot break my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should do some inspiration, though. So who goes after me? So it goes down to Riven, Eli, and Decker after you. Is inspiration a bonus action? Yeah, it is. Which is crazy, right? So who's who is directly after me? Riven is. Riven. I'd be like, Riven, you're so big and strong and smart. You're a hero and you're a nice guy. So I figured you're going to help me out. Aww. <laughs> it was like a compliment and a like plea for help. <laughs> Protect my ass. You're, you're beyond help, but that's so nice. And with that, with that profound compliment, I pass my... Wait, so if I do run away, they get attack of opportunity on me. Yep. Unless you do a five-foot uh, step, which... Nope, that's uh, not a thing you drink, Nope. Uh, which is dumb. You I was going to say, well, I was gonna say because action. you drink a potion, you don't get it, but, you know. I'm going to just curl up in the fetal position with my ass in the air. You're now covered ass. And just pray to Thaxelroth that I don't die right now. I'm hoping enough people are coming toward me that they can, like, take a little run of it. What a thought to have, right? Everyone else just leaves. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> we killed Orton, so see ya. Hey, is Orton dead? I forgot. See ya, Angus. One of the suits of armor just kneels down behind you and undoes his belt. Oh my God. <laughs> no. I don't think that's the good kind of sex cult. <laughs> I don't think... <laughs> what sex cult is good? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, my turn is complete. And so, to a newly inspired Riven... There's a table between me and them. Can I hop the table and take my move, or is that difficult terrain? I would call the table difficult terrain. Okay. Since you have to just kind of hop over to vault over it. Acrobatics at. All right, then I'm going to run along and almost around the table for my move action. Okay. And then I'm going to take my bow and fire a shot at the, the one, the suit of armor that's directly in front of Eli. Okay. Then you do get sneak attack for that too. Okay, that's 20 to hit. Absolutely. Huzzah! Six damage again. Okay. And so you, you fire off a bolt and it's aiming right towards it. And just like what happened to Delana's arrow, the plasma that's like around the armor converges on the arrow as it comes closer, slows it down and goes and snaps it off to the side. And it just swings harmlessly to the side. Oh, damn you, armor! <laughs> and it is the armor's turn. Oh, see you guys. See you later. I tried. The one that Eli, that you had your sword just kind of glance off of, he's going to turn his direction from the ass of Ingus to you. And again, he's going to try to punch you, but with its slow movements, you're easily able to move out of the way. He rolled so low, he didn't even need to ask for your AC. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you don't need to know what the armor is. Ingus, your armor class is 13, right? Yeah, a whopping 13. So... The other one that's between you and the wall is again going to kind of slam down, aimed oh, gosh. at your ass, and <laughs> it does connect. <laughs> ass <laughs> connection. 
So Ingus take six ass damage from being punched in the ass. Yeah, I have two hit points left. Okay, so you're still standing. I like how the DM is like, oh, okay, good. So you're still upright. I get it. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't murder you. Okay, and then the armors, they're not going to move anywhere. Uh, Eli. I am going to try and just... No, that'd be stupid. Let's try this. No, that'd be great. <laughs> we'll try an Eldritch Blast to its face. <laughs> chest or whatever the hell it is a baja blast the, the old baja blast of the face maneuver. <laughs> yeah. that's what i've heard i hope a 25 hits yes it does very much so how is that not a natural 20 because i have a plus six to hit how 11 damage he's got hella curse who am him. i i've got i've got lined paper as a sheet how do i get that much bonus attack it's my force of will and charisma i guess so it's the, the visage. Don't forget you have inspiration, Kurt, <laughs> for when it comes back around. I figured that a 20 to hit would do it, so I didn't use it. <laughs> but alas. I figured it'd be good enough. Maybe they have some sort of, like, electricity armor. Yeah. So did it do anything? Did, did the, the old blast to the face, did that do anything? I mean, the blast does hit. Did you roll for damage? Yeah, 11 damage. Did that do anything? So the blast to the face. So could. So what does your Eldritch Blast look like again, Eli? So when you cast that, what happens in Eli's case? Is it just a shadowy wisp just darts at it and hits it in the face? Okay. It's not very flashy at all. It's pretty okay. subtle. But it smells like Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a nice citrusy scent. A citrusy wave hits the it's armor. It's sometimes, depending on the day. The subtle shadowy wave goes towards it, and you can see it passes right through kind of the plasma streams unimpeded oh. and impacts the face of the armor for the 11 points of damage. And there's a huge dent. So does it dent the armor, or is it like an explosion? Is it a blunt force? No, it's, it's kinetic, so it'll be just damage. <laughs> All right. And it's like a bullet. It's almost like getting hit with a bullet, I think. Ah, okay. Bullet. And so there is a hole that is punctured right through the side of the armor and out the back. There's a large hole, but it, it does not seem overly distressed. It does not seem distressed? Can I tell distressed through its armor? Yeah, yeah there's, face? there's really not much of a face. It's just a helmet that's filled with lightning, but there is a hole. You can't tell if it's distressed or anything else. Yep. But it's a non distressed lightning. It only feels anger. <laughs> the only feeling that armor gets. So then it is distressed. Yep. The crackling intensifies inside of it. Maybe that's how armor feels pain. It needs a therapist. Yeah, definitely distressed. I'm going to go with distressed. Eli, any other actions? No, not, not the moment. And then we'll go down to deck in that case. Okay. I'm going to move. I'm going to move right here. And I'm going to try and smack this guy to my left. Okay. Smack him kind of, is, is is he focused on Ingus? So is, is his He's vacuum? very focused on Ingus. <laughs> Do I get a sneak attack on that? I mean, it's not really a sneak attack. I think you get advantage for flanking. Yeah. No, because you're side by, you're that, no, you, you need a slightly he's, different he's angle looking for down, flanking. But I'm from, from, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, that's fine. I'll just, uh, I'll just smack him with the mace. Hell yeah. Oh, great. I rolled a 10 to hit. I assume that does not hit, does it? Nope, and so your your mace just bounces off the iridescent armor. Can I? Okay, so that's that's my turn then, right? Because I, I did a movement and I did an attack. And I didn't... Yeah, unless you have like some other like bonusy thing, which... I don't think I do, so it's just... You could pull a Daniel Sunway and spit on something. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's full of spit. They may be made of lightning, but they are grossed out by spit. That's their one weakness. Maybe it short circuits them. Vulnerability to spit. Speaking of Daniel Sanway, it's his turn. Shit. All right. Punch some stuff. Yeah. Well, there was some talkings of an Annie or some shit. Someone else's name was called out. 
so I'm gonna do a presumptive uh, perception check to any other threats in the room with a very bad perception check. Like the animalistic scream we heard? That we've heard multiple times? Yeah. Shit. What's perception? So a, a fat 14. Okay, well that's not bad. So from from where you are, it's quite easy to see, but the the animalistic scream came from a table that's directly kind of like across uh, the room from where you are, uh, up against the opposite wall. You can see there's what looks like a woman in a dress strapped down to a table, and you can see that like she's writhing wildly on the table, and that's where kind of like the hissing and screaming is coming from. And with this noticing of a of a lady tied to a table, uh, potentially zombified. Um, like it's kind of hard necrotic. to tell. It looks like she's wearing a dress. It looks heavily dirtied, bloodied, and kind of ripped up. All right, gonna ignore that. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna drink a potion, uh, which is two d four plus two. We've we've been told. Yep. Okay. Um, and then uh, is that it's an action to drink potion? I will stand where I am. Solid choice. Oh, I'm at full hit points. <laughs> Lucky you. And that's that's Dano's turn because I can't move after taking an action. Right. Well, you can. Yep, you can. You can take a move action. Yeah, you can take. Oh. So you can move up to your speed. Uh, or you can right. leave us all to die. I mean, me moving anywhere is important. Won't really make much of a difference. So I'm going to instead move right there. I'm gonna move outside of engagement distance to the suit of armor that's engaged with Eli, and I'm going to sit there until I have a chance to take my moment momentum into a, an attack. Okay. And I'll and I'll and I'm a turn. And so you begin kind of racing towards the melee with the suits of armor. Yeah, I jump over the table too because it's real cool okay. looking. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah, it's what I gotta do. All right, and that brings us back to Delana. All right, I'm gonna aim again for the guy directly across from me. Assuming Ingus is lower down, I'm not gonna hopefully not hit him. Yep. Nope. You've got <laughs> a lot of extra armor room to hit. He's much smaller. Thirteen. Yeah. And so this one just it goes. Somehow, like, it just kind of, like, misfires a little bit, and it lodges into the wall next to the armor. Ah, shucks. I suppose that's it. That's all I want to do. I don't want to move. Okay, we're going to go down to Ingus, then. Okay, before I take my action, what I want to do is, because my ass is in the air, I want to make a fart noise with my mouth, and I want to observe the armor guy to see if he hears it. Because if he can hear it, then I can... All of my spells, like, affect people with brains and stuff. But if he can hear, then I can maybe use dissonant whispers on him. I don't know. Okay. The spell only says like if they're deafened, then they automatically pass their saving throw. But it doesn't say anything about like whether it has to be like a human with a brain or whatever. So if they're if they're deafened, they automatically make it or fail it? They automatically make their saving throw. If if they can't be deafened. If they can't hear, it makes it seem like. So a deafened creature automatically succeeds on its save. Oh. So it says the target must make a wisdom saving throw on a failed save. It takes 3d6 psychic damage. But I don't know if these things can take psychic damage. I don't know. Like all my spells are geared toward like psychic damage -y shit. Yeah. So I might just need to crawl away. Yeah. You make a, so you make a fart noise with your uh -huh. mouth and you think you see a little bit of like the head move towards your face, but then focus again on your ass. Mm-hmm. 
Where it should Make be. Make fart noises with my mind. Where everyone else is focusing, yes. Well, I guess I'm going to start by trying to get out of the way and try to do my full move. I know they get an attack of opportunity on me, though. Well, question, is there still a five-foot step in 5th edition? No. No. What? No, so rogues can take disengage as a bonus action, which is unbelievably useful, but Ingus is a bard. You could take a disengage action. You could take a disengage action, yes. Oh, so if I use my whole action, I can get out of the way? You can get out of there and they could not. Yep, and then you would get one move and they could not, yeah, attack you. So there is a way out. Okay. It just eats up an action. But I still get, I can, so like my action would be disengaging and then I'd get a move action to move. And then you get a move. Yep, so that's kind of like you carefully getting out of the way so that they. Well, if I don't get out of the way, I'm going to die. So I might as well do that. Can I crawl under this table that's to my left as part of my move or? Yes. Because I'm tiny. You're a tiny boy. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you could probably move really easily under that. Oh, I could. I don't even have to crawl. Yeah, so I'm going to run yeah, under the table to my left and then up and <laughs> just, just like crouch that. behind the other table that's like a little bit north of that table. Okay. And you, yeah, definitely scooch under the tables. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of cowering and scooching. It comes in handy. Very helpful this, this time around. And that's it. Oh, maybe I'll inspire somebody else. Oh, bonus action. Oh, yeah. You're inspired scooching. Um, I'm going to be like, Deck, you have such lightning skills. You're so booming. You have such lightning skills, and it seems like this, this whole zombie thing is right up your alley. So fuck yeah, dude. Punch him. I'm really good at the inspiring stuff. So now you Thank get you. an extra 1d6. Yeah. Yes. Yay. And that's it. All right. Down Run to and compliment. Riven. All right, I am going to run across the room on the right to the uh, right side of Eli. I am going to attack this suit of armor. Huzzah! With a rapier. You're going to poke him. Eight plus four is twelve. How much is your inspiration there, Ingus? Uh, 1d6. Okay, so I'm going to use my inspiration then to stab him with my rapier. So 1d8 plus four is 12, plus two is 14. That's not good. <laughs> you tried. So it's 14 total? 14 total. Okay, and so hearing Ingus's inspirational words were not enough to get through that armor. It's really hard. And like your rapier just like bends a little bit as it hits at a weird angle and you bring it back and it didn't quite make it through. That figures. Figures. It was close. But I have advantage on him because we are flanking him. Are you? You don't have someone diagonal. Well, we've got three of us around him. And Eli and Deck are diagonal from him, so if he's flanked, he's flanked, right? You need to flank him. Yeah, okay. Make it a call that... We're all just sitting there kind of like poking at him with our swords. Yeah. And and or fists. I'm not going to count that as flanking. But then also other enemies cannot use that against flanking as you unless they're directly behind. You're fucked, Riven. (laughs) Okay. Armors. So Eli, the one that you just kind of punctured a bullet hole through, is going to kind of try to slam down at you with... A bismuthy fist, but you're easily able to dodge out of the way again from its slow movements. And then Deck, the one that was pounding on Ingus's ass that you came up with, with your mace is going to turn its attention to you. And Deck, what is your armor class? Uh, 15. Okay, it's going to throw a punch and the heavy fist is going to connect. Shit. Take 10 damage. Jesus Christ. From an extremely heavy crunching fist. A heavy fisting. Yep, you were heavily fisted. 
A solid <laughs> Heavily, heavily <laughs> fisted is what I heard. Another name for this episode, heavily fisted. Heavily yeah. fisted. Yeah, that will be the name of the episode. Or, or ass play. <laughs> Angus's ass gets heavily fisted. I would say heavily fisted ass play. <laughs> Find this episode in your stream. Don't Google it. Unless you're into that sort of thing. No, no kink shaming here. <laughs> it floats your boat. Okay, but they're not moving, so Eli, it is... Your turn now. Well, I am going to repeat the same because uh, I don't really know anything better to do. Unless anyone's got any ideas. Don't blast them in the face. Yeah, kill them. Ooh, 22. Hit, absolutely. All right. Oh, same thing. 11. Damage? 11? 11 damage. Where does, like, your wispy blast originate? Does it come out of your sword or is it out of your hand? It's coming out of my hand, I guess. Okay. Out of my finger. I'll point. And so you point at the looming armor as you, like, blast another huge hole through the chest of it. And it goes out the back. And some of the lightning that's inside the armor is now lost and starts to, like, zap out the back as the armor collapses onto the ground. And the blue kind of lightning light slowly dwindles out. Sick tip. And it just becomes a pile of bismuth crystals shaped like large armor. I helped with that. I saw. Way back when I helped. Damage counts as damage, you know? So, Eli, after that, would you like to take any other bonuses or moves? No, I think I'll stay right there because it's going to get kind of crowded if we all go anywhere else. So I'm just going to stay right there. And then it goes down to deck. I'm going to smack with the mace again. Hopefully this one works. Damn right. Yeah. Uh, yep, that misses. Got a seven. Bring. And not quite enough to get through the... Yeah, I kind of kind of figured that. Warping <laughs> you blasted the hell out of that one guy. I did. I went overkill on that guy. But You don't have one more of those spells, do you? Bonuses or moves deck can i give well there's no really i was gonna say i want to give my spell my uh my potion to somebody but there's no one really in range i can just hand off my potion to ah, them, so. we got this we, if we die we die this is rocky four if he dies he dies then i'll then i'll end my turn i got nothing else to do we're real good it goes back up to daniel so daniel uh moves up to dex flank nice with his momentum, he he drops, he, he just jumps into a, a big punch into the the statue or the suit of armor, whatever this thing is, the enemy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whatever's whatever's accosting his friends. He jumps and he goes, "Okay, yeah, ooh." And I'm assuming that I'm legally obligated to let the DM know that I rolled a one. Yeah. <laughs> That's honest. Oh yes. You are so close to most of the party, you can punch literally half of us. Okay, where did I put my... No, I have something just for this occasion. If I, if I can find it. Okay. No, where did I put it? Ugh. It's gone. Don't worry about it. No, no, it was right here. No, I need to worry about it. Nope, I have a thing that's just rolled for once, so it's a deck of bad things that happen to ones. Great. Send me the Shadow Realm, dude. <laughs> you guessed it. You get to know. And you, you go, punch a hole into a new dimension. Key, yo, you. Yeah, I jump. I go. You miss, and as you land, you twist your ankle, and you're a little. Until you finish a short rest, your speed is now reduced by 10. Because oh, you have okay. broken your ankle, or twisted your ankle. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Because my bonus, because I get a bonus of 10 feet of movement for being level 2 monk. So I'm going to go with my bonus action and follow up with another attack. Okay. 
someone to fall and go, ah, instead of a kia, I go, ah, and I go, ah, and I, and I launch up with my good leg and I try to <laughs> knock this suit of armor's helmet off or some shit. Uh, okay, that's actual dice being rolled. Uh, 23. Yes. Sick. That'd be bad if that missed. I would be very scared. Kia! Ooh, uh, a fat four. All right, and, and so is this a punch or a kick? It's a punch. I, I fell down and went, ah, and caught myself with my good leg. Okay. And I launched with that good leg up into an uppercut. Into the baddie. All right, and your fist is able to put a dent into the armor. Says your fist finds home. And I end my turn. Uh, Delana. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna take aim of my short bow again at this bad boy. Woo! That's a net 20. Ooh. Ooh. Right. Um, plus whatever, three. 23. Definitely hits. So that'd be 3d6, and you get sneak attack, because... Deck and Daniel are in melee with it. So 3d6 total? Yep, because, yep, so it's a crit and a sneak. Okay. Holy shit. And then I add the normal... Dex to it. Seven. Seven total? Total. Every two ones and a four. Yeah. Man. Damn, I was gonna say, with 3d6 and and then bonus imaginary numbers, seven? Damn. You couldn't do much worse. (laughs) It worked. I mean, that's damage, you know? Damage is damage. So the arrow streaks, like, towards the helmet itself as, like, the plasma, like, tra- slows it down a little bit, but then the arrow still pierces right through the front of the helmet. Nice. But the armor itself doesn't seem much to notice. Well, it damn. is brainless. All right, that's it. That's it for my turn. I'm going to hang out here still by the door. I don't okay. think it was able to notice regardless. I think we're just being fooled by this. This is a red herring. It's noticing or not noticing. Ingus. Based off of the slight inkling that I thought it could hear me and the fact that I have nothing else powerful, I'm going to cast Dissonant Whispers on it. Okay. So he makes a wisdom saving throw, and if he fails, he takes 3d6. That's what Dissonant Whisper does? Yeah. Oh my god, I thought you just got to whisper things to someone and hope they fell for it. And then it has to make its full move run away from me if it fails. What is happening? What is happening? That is crazy town. It has nowhere to go. So the spell is going to manifest itself as me making fun of the fact that it doesn't have its own consciousness the same way other things do. You're just a machine. You're controlled by somebody else. You'll never be a free living thing. You're just a pathetic piece of, of metal. You're just like your father. <laughs> you are a toy. You are a child plaything. You're just a dead man's toy. Give him the Buzz Lightyear treatment. Perfect. 100%. <laughs> that's way better. From my understanding of the rules, roll for damage. Really? I rolled a, I rolled 12 damage. <laughs> this is way more effective than the ass slapping. <laughs> I got stabbed by a snake sword and you fucking whispered shit to an inanimate <laughs> suit of armor and killed it. Yeah, it, it basically says that it's a saving throw and then if it fails, it takes half damage. If it's deaf, it automatically passes. But it doesn't say anything about like what type of things are affected by it or not. There's a metallic tear that rolls down its chest. It's not immune. Yeah, if, if a suit of armor could cry, it looks up at you with its empty helmet face, and you can see the electricity, the light within it just dies a little bit, and the light just goes out inside, and it collapses. In sadness. It just gave up. <laughs> <laughs> you made it just give up. I 
destroyed it emotionally. Kill switch engage. <laughs> yes, it just self-destructed. It wasn't worth it anymore. This is glorious. I hate every moment of that. Why? Why do I punch? <laughs> I, I don't know either. What does it mean? What even is this life? No, it can't be true. I can punch, All right, if, I I can punch if I wanted to. <laughs> and it just collapses into a pile of bismuth crystal armor rubble. <laughs> uh, and sadness, Cubic yes. bismuth tears. One teardrop comes from the mound of bismuth. If tears could come out of metal, it would. It would. Mm -hmm. All threats that are not strapped down to a table have been neutralized. The battle music wanes. So what about the threat strapped to a table? Okay, I feel like I'm going to be drawn to the animalistic screaming in the corner, so I'm going to slowly and cautiously make my way over there. Who needs a potion? I have I have one. I can't I have no more spells, but I can give anyone a potion that needs one. I only have 2 hit points, so I I would love take a it. potion. I'm going to hand it to Ingus. I'll walk over there and hand it to Ingus. I'm going to take it right now. You said it's plus 4? That's what my notes say. Yeah. Hey, Devin said plus two, but... Mine say plus two, too, if they're the same. Well, there might be different ones, because we got some from the from the owner of the tavern versus the one that you bought from the wizard person. Oh. I don't know. Maybe there's a difference. I'll just do eight, and I'll be at ten hit points. Now, I'm going to kind of walk over to Orton's body and just kind of look down at it and kind of put a hand in my kind of head and start thinking. Okay, so I'm drawn towards the animalistic screaming on the table in the corner, so I'm going to edge my way towards it. So, Riven, you edge your way towards the table. Deck, you go by Orton's corpse and, like, as he's kind of crinkled yeah. up on the ground and his clothes and his robes and armor is completely, like, shattered and flung about, you can basically see that his body almost looks like it's half rotten away. And you can see that he had, like, a veil over his face, and that's obviously torn off now. You can see, like, half of his face is basically hanging down almost like the flesh was like dead or that he was almost like 40 years older like on one side almost like he got like punched to death yeah i mean and his nose is like mashed into his head yeah he did get punched right in the face yeah and his ribs are totally not there anymore <laughs> he had like a slurred speech which his mouth deals so with his mouth he gets kind of open and he's gonna like his jaws a little bit like twisted possibly from punching and also he's missing some teeth from punching but also possibly from before and also in his open mouth you can see that there's maybe like a quarter of a tongue left it looks like the other half just rotted out I'm going to kind of shake my head at this and I'm going to I'm going to nod and then I'm going to take his body and I'm going to sling it over my shoulders. I'm going to turn up and say to my friends that I have to return to the purgers. There is no way this they need to know about this. If there's someone who's close to the cure and if they're going to do stuff like this, I'm going to gesture to Orton on my back. The purgers have to know about this. I have to return. I'm sorry, but I have to this is something that's greater than than myself. It's greater than the mission that we have with you. I I am sorry, friends, but this they have to know about this. I have to leave. If there's any money in his pocket, leave it behind. But you know. Oh yeah, of course. That sounds like a great idea. As Daniel rummages through his pockets and like <laughs> looks for gold and says, "Like yeah, great. You should take him back to wherever." As I find, however much the DM sa says, how much I found in his pockets. We still need to head to the temple, still though, don't we? We still need to go to the temple where the healing is going on. That's eventual. Yeah. We may need this guy's body too. Nah. Oh, we need his head, right? Do you need his head too? I know this sounds really terrible, but can you just take his body, or do we need his head, or do we not even need this? Or is there like a signet on him? Any any other? That's what I was saying. Yeah. I know you've got a place to be, but that's uh, that's at least. I would like some proof of his body, but if 
I can leave the body behind as long as like as long as I report this to the purgers. That's the most important thing. If we need, if you need the body, then by all means take it. I just they need. We the can flip a coin to see who gets the top half, who gets the bottom half. Does he have any like identifying like signet rings or symbols on him? Necklace, pendant. I don't know. I'll I'll put Orton's body on the ground so we can all search his, search his body. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't seem to have any like signet rings or anything on the sword he had. Is like curved and look. I mean, it's shaped like a snake with like a little like snake bite head on the top. You've never seen a sword shaped like that before. And even though it's not in his hand, you can see it's still slowly oozing out this kind of like green ooze from the very tip. You want to take the sword? That might work. I'm into it. If you want the body deck, you can have the body. We'll take the sword and the money that was on him. Take all his money. The money especially. We can take one-sixth of the money if you really want. I mean... When Deck leaves, Daniel wants to give, yeah, the arm class. The the Roman, like, the brother, like... Yeah, exactly. And be like, make sure that you, like, do your due, you know, bro? (laughs) I will, Daniel. Make sure you destroy any enemies you, you come across. Will do, bro. Yeah. Orton does have very nice decorated gloves as well. I want those. Yeah, we'll I'll, we'll peel the gloves off. Yeah, and, and you take a naked Orton with. Yes, you. I will take a na- naked. Orton. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually even better. I'll just walk around with a naked guy on my, my shoulders as I walk back. No, you can take all the shredded robes and armor. It's not like we're gonna all do anything gear, with that. His and his pussy gear. boots that he wears. Yeah, you you take all the clothes off this guy's body, and you can see that like parts of his flesh are basically just like hanging off the bone. This guy, I mean, it's pretty amazing. This guy was able to move. Yeah. Given what it happened. His body looks like it's was half like rotted away. And there are other parts where you could see that were like at one time like open wounds that took up, you know, these giant amounts of space that at some point healed over. So he's just covered in scars. If any of us have seen I, I don't know if any of us have like seen zombies before, but like does it look like he's part zombie? If you took a zombie and then the zombie like healed up. That's what Orton's body would look like. Mm. That's wrong. I need to. That's why you need this. The open wounds healed up, so he's just covered in these awful scars. He's true. It seems like he's like truly undead in the very literal meaning of the word undead. Like you know, not like zombies, just like yeah, re undead exactly. So you're gonna be a big fucking deal in the scourge burgers with this body. We'll see if they take me back. I mean, I did kind of leave on bad terms, so hopefully this will be my uh, way back in. But we'll see. You've learned some new tricks in terms of kissing. So I did. Know. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't there for that. Whatever Daniel and Deck do in their uh, hotel room alone. (laughs) Uh, Back at the full mast. We make sure our rooms are right next to each other Mm -hmm. for a reason. Always. Oh. There's a hole in the wall between the rooms. Got a good relationship, he and I. (laughs) Yeah. We We do that thing where we grasp each other's arms. Yep. And we say, yes, brother. Brother. I want to look at the uh, body that's on the table splayed out. Okay. Is that a a letter above it? What is the clumpy yellow thing above it? Oh, this body. Okay. We will get to that. So deck you throw Orton's limp scar covered body over your shoulder. Naked body. Then make your way. Are you going to go out the dark portal that you came in? Or there's also what looks like stairs leading up closest to you through like kind of the opposite wall of where you came in through kind of it looks like a dark doorway and you can see there's like kind of like there's some light coming out from above i'll take the light path 
It sounds like it, at least the surface and it's sort of away from guards, I'll I'll take it. And so that way you go kind of up the stairs and you can see there's kind of, there's a small room and, and there's just a wooden ladder that goes up. Okay. Are sure you don't want to throw his body in like a sack or something? You're going to be walking through uh, <laughs> Children of Chaos territory. <laughs> yeah, that's probably fine. If we do have a sack of some sort, yeah. I, I don't know. Let me see what I have. I have a bedroll. I'll wrap up my bedroll real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I have my backpack, my the bedroll over my shoulders, just with a body inside of it. There's just feet and arms sticking out the ends. Do zombies get rigor mortis? Like, or are they just floppy? Uh, that's a good point. I don't know. Is that rigor mortis or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> <laughs> it's rigor mortis. So as Deck makes his exit with the body up the ladder... So now that Deck has walked off with a body, I'm going to walk up to this body that's strapped to this table here and examine it. Okay. And it's got this little kind of gold chunk above it. Oh, okay. All right, so Ingus, you check out that one body that's on kind of like... The double tables there? Let's say the north side of the room. Which is not the one that was screaming the animal. Yep, nope, that's the one that you're checking out, Riven. This other one is a non-screaming dead body that seems to have like chunks of like the arms and the legs carved out of it. You can see there's kind of like some bloodied surgical tools by the side. And you can see that it seems like some like rectangular chunks were cut out of it. And it just looks like some poor townsfolk. Yep, some of the dirtied clothes are still on it. And you can see there's kind of like a pile of like clothes and various personal belongings kind of piled up to the side. But it looks like it was the personal belongings of more than just one person. So you can see there's you know, mold, there's several rings. There's what looks like a couple like golden teeth in the pile and what looks like the goods of various victims that came through here. Also, like how secure is this? I guess all the other orcs and stuff assume that they're not allowed in this room. I think we're safe in here probably. So this body is for sure 100% dead, right? There seems to be no signs of life and or undeath happening. It's very just, just death. Like there's sections taken out of it, but it doesn't seem like any of it is zombified or anything, right? No, it seems just like a normal, somewhat dissected body. Okay. I want some of this stuff. I mean, I'm going to feel guilty about it. Gold teeth, you know, come on. Yeah, if it's gold, it's gold. We'll do that. We'll, at like the very end, we'll do like kind of like a loot the room type thing. Yeah. And we'll, I'll put that, that's kind of like built into the, the overall loot. Yeah, I'll be nice and I'll share. Yeah, we'll see how many other merchants go with like gold filings and stuff or gold tooth fillings though. So there's a body screaming in agony. Is that what I heard? Riven on the other end of the room was currently actively hearing. Never stopped screaming, but he went to check out kind of the writhing bloodied woman in a dress that strapped down to a table. And so Riven, you you approach the table and kind of like this, what, chemically smell of embalming fluid gets stronger and stronger as you approach her. So her mouth snaps and like hisses at you as you slowly approach. And it looks like her lips are seemingly chewed off that reveal kind of broken teeth and also a bitten off tongue. Ooh. Next to the table, there's what looks like a half-full urn of oily liquid next to the table, and you can see that her skin is kind of like half-rotting, but also covered in this oily, from what it smells like, embalming fluid that she's covered in as she, like, writhes against her restraints. She, like, writhes wilder and wilder as you get closer and closer, and she continually, like, snarls at you. How hilarious would it be if the oil was the cure, and we're the ones with the cure, and Deck is just carrying a dead body around? (laughs) (laughs) The fool! Okay, um, I'm going to kind of scrunch up my face and pinch my nose, but look her over. Her skin's kind of rotting, but are there sections missing where I can see the the muscle underneath? Is it still pretty well half-preserved? 
as you look, so like her arms are like strapped down with these like leather straps. There's parts so you can see like her like fingertips seem to be like the flesh of them seem to be nibbled off. And there's like bite marks in her arm, but there's parts of her flesh that are rotting off. But the rotting seems to have been slowed. So there aren't like chunks of her missing, but yeah, from what it smells like, this embalming fluid has been like preserving her flesh from just completely rotting off of her. Alright, I'm just gonna draw my rapier and run it through her temple. Okay, and so you go next to her head, and as you kind of get close to her head, you can see that, like, there's a strap, like, right against her forehead, keeping it down to the table, and she's just madly snapping at you as you drive the rapier through her head, and her whole body suddenly just goes still. You may have just murdered the only person who is going to come back from the zombie thing. I mean, usually when you're missing giant chunks of flesh, it doesn't seem very plausible. Yeah. Plus, you're putting it out of its misery, I guess. It seemed miserable. Also, it's an abomination. <laughs> <laughs> All those things. You got, you got a lot working against you. Before you killed it, we should have tried to convince it to start a new life outside of town. <laughs> and then followed it out of town to make sure that it yeah. did, in fact, do that or killed it. <laughs> it just goes and bites a person in a new town. <laughs> I mean, why didn't we try and charm it? I should have charmed it. You're right. It starts snapping happily. I only have one spell left, though. I gotta be careful. Okay, I'm gonna take the embalming oil and put it in my bag. That's important. So you've got half an urn of embalming fluid, which helps to preserve rotting corpses. Woo! Mm-hmm. Whenever you might need to do that, you never know. Oh, so like the embalming fluid's not necessarily a cure. It's just keeping the stuff from rotting while he finds a cure. Yep. Potentially. So he could bring his half-rotten girlfriend back from the dead. Yeah, well, he... now she's like dead-dead. And also, he's dead, too. <laughs> I stabbed her in the head. <laughs> oh, God, this is a bad end to a love story. Oh. No, it's the Romeo guys, and Juliet. They're both Romeo's dead. body gets carried off by another guy. Juliet just gets speared in the head. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> That's the, the bad ending to... Yeah. Punished. All are punished. All love stories end in death, guys. That uh, table that Orton was hiding behind, does that look like a desk? Is that his workstation? So it just looks like there's a whole bunch of different like surgical tools and like some various like weapons that are on there, but nothing specific. He was trying to be the Wizard of Oz, but instead of a curtain, he was like cowering behind a desk. I'm going to go around to the other side. I want to see if there's any like drawers or anything to that desk where there might be like letters, journals or anything like that. So there is some drawers you can see in like and some of them there's just like other just different various tools there's like some different like cloths some of which have already got you know blood or dirt on them and in one you can see like on a piece of cloth there's like just this ring with kind of like a little like piece of like blue aquamarine at the top Ooh. and it seems very shiny before anyone notices that i'm gonna keep this for myself instead of putting it in the group loop mm -hmm. terrible mm -hmm. i'm gonna slide a hand it myself okay but when you buy all of the meat i want you to spend that first yes <laughs> I'm done with meat. I'm a vegetarian now. The meat has been a was a bad experience. The meat was a phase, Dad. <laughs> the meat is dead. And on that table, there's a very there is a very nice kind of gold embroidered crossbow sitting on the top as well off Whoa. the side. That would be on that table. Is it a light crossbow? It is a light crossbow. I want that. I want it's a that. Very too. nice one. It is a plus one light crossbow. It's that nice. Oh. Ooh. I'm gonna write that down. Gold crossbow. All right, then I'm going to. Loot the room. 
Okay. <laughs> with the room being looted, some of the other various kind of drawers that are under some of the desks and tables, you find what looks this kind of like twisted stick that has a handle on it. So it's kind of like a twisted wand. Hmm. And kind of as you grab it, you can kind of feel like this power radiating down your arm. The electric energy. It's like the wand equivalent of a gun. Did you say it was a blue amethyst? Is that what you said it was? So it's a blue, it's an aquamarine. Aquamarine, that's what you said. I can stop asking questions now. Do you have, uh, does anybody have identify in this party? No. 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 Oh boy. Okay. This is going to be fun. We'll find out what that is. There's also the silver curved snake-shaped short sword sword. yeah that orton had that oozes green seemingly poison it felt like poison to daniel who's a stabby person not me eli's already got a sword that he's in love with uh yeah very very much so jennifer i believe is the name yeah i've seen him kiss it sometimes when no one else is looking no, kissing is the least of it. I saw you kissing, kissing Deck. At least it's not a sword. I saw you kissing a sword. I... That's just when Deck wasn't looking, you know? Oh, boy. You keep yes-anding. You keep yes-anding, and I'll keep fucking flying them back to you, Jake. I'm backing down. Anyways, that sword we're selling, the snake sword we're gonna fucking sell for a hot minute. I, I might use it occasionally. Or or Riven can use it. Is, is it is it like that a That could rapier? be our proof that we felled the man, you know? But yeah, we gotta frame it. Put, it. put it in a picture frame and hang it on the wall. Oh, that'd be cool. We made him use it first as a symbol of our... Yeah. We need to find, like, a wizard with Identify or something so you can tell us about this stuff. I feel like I should probably sell it, though, and give the money to the group because I'm still wearing a dented breastplate. Oh, it's worth, like, 2,000 gold. (laughs) It's a very valuable thing. Should we... I'm curious about what these, like, bone piles are in the corner. I'm assuming that's just street people. Yeah, anything else to loot? Can I, like, take some of those bismuths, like, those cool crystals? Can I just take them? Are they okay to take? They seem like What's they look that? cool. The bismuth the crystals, the armory oh, crystals. Oh, so I mean, Make yeah, some jewelry the out armor of it. is is still there, although it's like it stopped moving, so it's stuck. Like where before it kind of like flowed and changed. Yeah. Now it's just a static bismuth. I kind of want to take it still. <laughs> okay, absolutely. Seems cool. Okay. You can take as many pounds of bismuth as you want there's a lot <laughs> as you want is there a market for bismuth who knows i'm, gonna, buy, I'm, I'm gonna take a few of it <laughs> five pounds of it can i take five pounds of it? every science teacher in the realm will want it <laughs> yes. that is true it seems cool we could have it as a centerpiece maybe nice. at our table <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. We should decorate back at the place, you know? Yeah. <laughs> full mass. We reserve a table with our bismuth chunk. Yeah. No one sits at that table. No, no, can't sit there. That's for the bismuth party. Yes. Also from Orton's, like, completely disrobed corpse, all the other clothes were kind of, like, ripped apart from, like, the thunder blast that deck gave out. But seemingly, there were, like, these gold embroidered, like, black velvet gloves seemed untouched. Mm. And they have, like, also gold, like, on the very inside, they kind of have a, what looks like a golden arm going like this <gasps> on them. And they seem untouched by the blast. They're very soft. Daniel, with deft hands, touches them and whoop, holds them up to his eye and sees if these are uh, punching gloves. So it seems like you could punch with these gloves on. And even as you, like, grab them, your grip just feels even stronger. He says, I can punch with them? And he puts them on. So you put the soft, velvety gloves on, and they go all the way up to here, so they're, they're very nice. 
Weird. And so as as you like grasp, you can like feel like your own bones kind of like crunching a little bit under the strength of your own grip. Uh, so strong. And you, your hands and your arms feel stronger than they ever have before. I punch the nearest column <laughs> of, of wall. Careful. There's just wall. Yeah, I try to take a chunk out of wall. And your bones crunch a little more. Okay, so you I punch, punch wall. the wall and your fist goes pretty much into the wall itself. <laughs> Daniel, is, your strength is now 19. Whoa. Oh, just period? Yep, so these are velvet wow. gloves of ogre power or ogre strength. You had shitty strength before, so look at that. It was very bad. My strength before was seven. Oh my god. Your strength has now just all pretty much tripled. Nice. So you said it's oh, 19. Wow. It's 19. Which is a plus three. Plus four. It's a plus four. I know how to count. Wait. Yes. It won't be a plus five till 20. Yep, with 20, it'll be plus five. Cool. One last question. When you say a crossbow is plus one, that's plus one to attack and plus one damage, or how? Yeah, yep. So it shoots much harder. I'm going to look for cool shit for me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have something cool. Oh, me, me. Other cool shit is that there was also eight throwing knives that Orton had on them that do not seem brimming with power. Throwing knives? <laughs> yep, so they're little, like, kind of thin throwing knives. I don't give a shit about any of those. Do you want a gold crossbow ribbon? Will that make you feel better? I feel like you also need that. Like, aren't you also ranged? I'm a bard, so I'm like everything. Yeah, and I'm I'm a rogue, so I'm kind of also everything. Mm. I'm also the most heavily armored person in the party, so you can keep the crossbow. Who wants the coals in the middle in the fire? Are any of those? Yeah, is there anything cool in there? So the coals seem unmagical. It honestly just seems kind of like a smoldering pile of embers. What about this statue to the south? It has lights on it, just like the one we came in through. The mushroom lights or whatever? Are these just purple mushroom Yeah, so those are just kind of like glowing, kind of like crystals that are embroidered into like the side of the statue. But it looks like a kind of like a stone statue that looked very similar to what the suits of armor looked like. So it's not another way out of here, is it? Doesn't seem like there's any entrance or thing that would be an entrance out of it. Do you think we could murder the other orcs and then claim this as our own little hideout? Ooh. I feel like we would need to convince the butcher that we would own it. You know, I feel like there's a lot of hoops we get. We would get through. caught eventually, yeah. Yeah, when we already have our own secret Power Ranger dungeon that we own. We're expanding. Season two is the expansion. <laughs> My character just wants to feel he has a home somewhere, you know? You just got real estate on the mind. I gotcha. We, like we could rent this we place out. We should clear out. the orcs out and then sell this. We just flip it. We don't even have to hold it for very long. All new floors, whole new kitchen, granite countertops. <laughs> Fresh coat of paint. Flip this underground secret hideout. Get a new furnace. Maybe some solar panels on the roof. We'll mop down the spit. Like, we'll get all the spit <laughs> out of here. <laughs> It's definitely not haunted. No, definitely not haunted. One more thing I want to look at is this fountain up here, or this pool well of water. Yeah, along the north wall. So up there, you can see that it looks kind of like there's kind of like a fountain of water that's coming out. And there's also some somewhat washed, some unwashed, kind of like, again, surgical tools that are kind of laying on the side, as well as this one, what looks like a small black pin, like a sewing needle that's... Sitting oh. on the side, that seems especially shiny. Especially shiny. It's got plot shine on it. Yep, it has plot shine to it. Nice. That's my favorite type of shine. So it's like a, a suture needle kind of thing? like a. Yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. Okay, I'm going to add the suture needle of sneak attack to my backpack. 
You get to have the shiny surgical needle. I'll, I'll allow it. Since you love <laughs> nails and needles. But other than that, it's just like a phone that those looked like it was used to wash off both hands and then surgical instruments. So in the northeast corner, it looks like there's tanks almost. I want to inspect these. So it looks like these were used as cages. So you can see there's a little bit of like hay at the bottom. So they're like seven foot tall. Like they look like looks like a bird cage, but for people. And then outside are just kind of piles of bones and or just refuse of what were bodies from before after they were used and or experimented upon. Well, that's legit. Okay. What about this, like, these papers over on this table? Are these papers uh, important? yeah. In inventory form of undead. So as you look over there, you see that there's, it looks kind of like there's an open journal and then like a whole bunch of different, like, notes and kind of like opened up letters, both going like to and from Orton. So in the journal itself, it looks like it's a whole bunch of different scientific notes of experiments that were done on Annie. Cliff notes being that he apparently gave Annie the roving death unknowingly. Oh. So he recovered from it when he was a kid. Weird. But when he kissed her, he gave her the roving death. So he was an asymptomatic carrier. Oh. <laughs> hmm, I, see how, I see what you did here. It's a solid 2020 plot point. Yeah, that's a little... A little too on the nose, yeah. Yeah, wasn't wasn't trying to make a point there, but... Uh, well, I want to... Can I keep these? Is there more to that? Sure, so... Yeah, so and then he was trying to basically find a cure for her. And then there's other parts where it came to talk about where he was approached by Father Solomon, who was the head of the Mercy's Burden Temple, saying that he knew how to find a cure for the roving death and or surpass it completely, either by curing it or by replacing human body parts with metallic parts. Oh, well, that sounds cool. If there are plans in there, this is a very valuable note. Yeah, I was going to say, like... Should at least take it. I bet Dick wishes he had this. Can I get robot <laughs> arms? <laughs> is all I'm thinking. There's different kind of schematics for attaching, like, metallic pieces into people and both the magic and mechanical means needed for it to graft in correctly. Dude, we got to pocket this and hand it over to our boss so they can start souping us up like super soldiers. Give me the full Wolverine treatment. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Janandro would look at them and be very proud of us. That's what I mean, yeah. Score some brownie <laughs> points. Mommy, Mommy, look what I found. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you do this to me? That'd be really great. <laughs> There's one note that stands out. Oh. So this is a note from Solomon to Orton. And so as I read this, note that this is in Liam Neeson's voice. Okay. Because all big bad guys need to sound like Liam Neeson. Orton. I need more healthy subjects, no illnesses, preferably in the prime of their life. I am so close to finding a cure, Orton. So close. Keep up the good work. Your new body and a cure for Annie awaits you along the iron path. You will see. But first, more subjects. S at the end. Iron new path. body. I love all of this. Ah, Solomon's gonna go down, dude. It's just some fucked up shit, I think. I thought he was a good guy. I say we go find Father Solomon and we kick him in his ass. And, yeah. and we make him we make him give us iron bodies. That sounds badass. That does sound super bad. That badass. sounds super cool. We'll be robot we'll be Robocops, dude. Yeah, but hopefully no one like dissing and whispers in our ear and tells us that we're just robots. <laughs> and then we kill ourselves. Apart. Yeah. No promises. Well that's why you want to be made of iron and not bismuth. <laughs> 
apparently, you know. Bismuth has emotions. <laughs> Bismuth is all drama. Delana, make sure you pocket that journal with all that scientific crap. Oh, in it. yeah, it's, uh, it's done and oh, done. Oh, it's done and done, yeah. Strap it right to my chest. Safest part <laughs> on me. Put it in your bra so that- I put it in my bra thing. <laughs> your medieval fucking- Corset or whatever. Victoria's Secret, yeah. Breast torture device. <laughs> oh, yeah. We should also take an identifying thing from Annie's body, maybe, so that they know that we interacted with her. Yeah, too. I'm gonna take her name tag. <laughs> it's on her shirt. Hello, my name is Annie. I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna put it in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. Annie also worked at Dollar General, so that's why she has a... Yeah, that's why it's there. All right, so I'm going to be like, this place should never see the light of day, and I'm going to light a match, and I'm going to chuck it on the ground, and then I'm going to climb the ladder out of here. (laughs) Can can I be really critical to you chucking a match into a stone-filled room? It's going to go out. Nothing in this room is made of wood except for, like, the tables. And you're like, let's see this place burn, and you throw a fucking match in the room. I'm I'm supporting it. I'm not gonna say don't do it. <laughs> I am just gonna point out how wrong it is. There's a large fire in the middle of the room, and the match is what you're gonna. Throw. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> there's a bonfire in the center. Yeah. I'm gonna make sure that like I shovel the loot into like a bedroll or something. Yeah. Have we? Sufficiently looted this place. With all the gold and gold filings and whatnot, amounts to there's a hundred and ninety-six gold pieces. Holy shit! Let me put that in the party fund because that's where it Buy goes, some meat guys. With that. <laughs> oh, no, not again. There's. 752 silver. We're putting all of that in the party fund? I mean, no one said that it's in their pockets. Yeah, I might need a loan later on, you know? And you said it was 190-something silver? 752 silver. That's not what he said. That is too what he said. 752. Yeah, 752 silver. Oh, okay. Sorry. I guess you I'm You guys better lie. move. You're going to burn alive down there. <laughs> I'm going to stamp on, we have the to match count. out. Damn, we got silver out the wazoo, which is usually where silver comes out of. That's the also wazoo. where my earth tremor spell comes out. <laughs> now and forever. So your butt also makes silver then. That's that is an important trick for a clown to learn mm-hmm. somewhere down the line. Producing silver <laughs> with my butt, shooting coins out of my ass. Well, when you guys all get like cyborg arms, I'm gonna get a change machine ass. <laughs> That's more lucrative than cyborg arms. I swallow a gold piece and I fart out ten silver pieces, <laughs> and it like compresses it into silver. <laughs> That sounds pretty solid. That's a hilarious gag for a clown, so. I really want that someday. I'm only level two right now, so I don't think it's possible. Level seven, you should be able to do it, right? I think so. Is there ever a thing in Dungeons and Dragons where you can build your own spells, or is that just too wild? No spellcrafting. Oh, I might be thinking of video games, but I think there's yeah, spellcrafting. You can, but like you would need to like. I mean, you kind of need to like talk with the DM just to make right. sure that like it would yeah. not be broken. But like, I'd, if you want to create something, like I'd be up for that. I want to be able to eat gold pieces and fart out silver pieces instead. Okay, well, I'll do whatever it takes. <laughs> talk to me after class. <laughs> I'll suck your dick for spells. <laughs> have we have we mined all the secrets of this room you think guys i think so i mean riven is gone i'm gone you guys are on your own oh you left already yeah you left and threw a match in the room with us and we're like <laughs> why do you do that couple extra things so there's the, there's two barrels of what just seems like nope lamp oil in the back and then riven as you 
the ants cinematically leave like out the side, which is like this um these stairs kind of leading up into where like that ladder then leads kind of up into some moonlight. You can see on the wall right next to the doorway going out, there's like this piece of paper that just has like a nail kind of dug into the side. Is it a rusty nail? It is a rusty nail, but not quite as rusty as all rusty. So how should I delineate them in my inventory? This one's slightly larger, I think. I'm, I'm not sure. Sure. Slightly larger, rusty. If you want to take it, I guess you can. I, I do. I, I'm going to call the old one OG rusty nail. Riven, I, I, I wonder, I just I just wonder if maybe the implication is that the note is more important than the nail. Just wondering. <laughs> or that you are just hellbent on tetanus. I mean, I, I'll, I'll inspect that eventually, but now that I know that the new rusty nail is larger... And less rusty. Is it straighter or more bent than the original nail? You guys are the greatest players ever. We try our best. <laughs> Ignore the note. We want the nail. Describe the nail in vivid detail. I've correctly delineated them in my inventory now, so I know which one is which. So now I'm willing to read the note. The, okay, the nail's extremely large. It's kind of like a railroad spike. Okay, okay. Does it have the vein? It's girthy. That's a hell of a nail. Who would use such an excessive nail? It's a nail? large nail. Someone yeah, with big hands. It's big. So it won't pick any Somebody longer. with ogre gloves. The note that the nail that the spike was holding onto the wall, it says, Midnight every Tuesday with a crow's call. Locke will take it from there. Locke? Hmm. Who the hell's Locke? Wait, what day is it? Well, it's not Tuesday, right? It's Monday. Oh. Oh. Can you repeat that? Midnight every Tuesday with the crow's call. With the crow's call, Locke will take it from there. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna run back down the stairs and go quick. Put out the fire. <laughs> <laughs> there was no fire. Yep, we took care of that for you. Yeah. Press the digitation. Every Tuesday, when the crow calls, something happens. How is Locke spelled? Is it spelled? I think Locke is the person. I would imagine. You know, and we know that they do these, like, they bring in people on the Tuesday nights here to the, you know, Iron Maiden or whatever. But who the hell is Locke? I mean, should we go ask the orcs? Are they still up there? <laughs> is Locke capitalized or spelled differently than, like, a normal? It is. It's capitalized. And it's L-O-C-K-E. <laughs> of course it is. I was thinking, I was like, Final Fantasy Locke or Lost Locke? Lock and Key Locke. Daniel, you recognize that name. Of course I do. That was the guy that, so Locke happened to be the name of the homeless guy that won your betting the other day when you were Son gambling. Oh, I know Locke. He's a super rad guy. Is he? Yeah. Or is he not a good guy? Maybe we should go have a talk with Locke. Yeah, we totally should. We'll see if I can win more money off of him. That can be part of it, yeah. <laughs> you should uh, set up a game with him at midnight on Tuesday, and he'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm too busy. And they'll be like, why are you busy? Yeah, I mean... That's pretty good. I guess, that sounds pretty cool to me. Or he could set one up at 11 and keep playing until midnight when he has oh, to leave. Oh, yeah. And just, you know, ask him where's he going. That sounds cool, too. Then we could, like, stalk him and... We get stock lock. Yeah, just get a position on him and then we spy on him the entire time until he does what he does. I mean, he seems like a pretty rad guy. He's one of the four friends that I have made so far in the city in terms of gambling buddies. Except for us. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. It says it says gambling buddies on the list. I'm going to say, I think we should go pay a trip to uh, your friend Locke right now. I'm going to light another match and say <laughs> goodbye, hellhole, and throw it on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> 
and climb up the stairs. He must fart a lot to, like, light so many matches. But yeah, let's go check out Locke. Farting on matches is the clown's job, and don't anybody else take it. <laughs> I think your ass has had enough for today. My ass took a beating. My ass took a fisting today. It really did. <laughs> but yeah, I say we get it the fuck out of here. I'll roll my eyes at the match and then follow Riven, I guess. Toward the moon. We're gonna go converse with Locke. Or, since Daniel has the relationship, you go and we'll all just kind of, like, hide in the shadows. We should lure him into a meat fest. Offer him a meat dinner, because he's a poor guy. Allegedly. You're right. And then talk to him about stuff. Until midnight on Tuesday. Yes, we'll ply him with meat and alcohol. So, Daniel, you go invite Locke to a meat dinner, and we'll go get the meat dinner ready. Sure. Got one day to do it. I'm into it. One day is all that is needed. Yeah, okay, I guess we leave the dungeon, the entire dungeon, <laughs> Skyrim style. We just walk out. So you go up the stairs, and there's just kind of like this little like pocket of a room that has this wooden ladder that goes up. And you can see that there's. it looks like it goes up, and you can just see what looks kind of like a, the side of like a wooden roof, kind of, and some moonlight coming down through. As you Does go anyone up. sneaky want to sneak up there and take a look? Who wants to go first? I'm kind of sneaky. I'm kind of sneaky. Solana is also sneaky. A sneaky, a sneaky gal. Is there a sneakster that would like to sneak? Who is the My sneakiest? My stealth is six. What's yours, Solana? Mine is also six. Sorry, it's five. Still plus three. Okay, so I'm I'm the very very sneaky. So I'm gonna Riven's the sneaky sneak. one. I'm gonna sneak up. That is a nat one. Not so sneaky. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I rolled uh, like a nineteen. So you're like do 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 do, and I'm like clonk clonk. <laughs> yeah. So as you climb up the ladder, you go up, and like one of like the rungs of the ladder just breaks as you go up, and you go a couple more steps more, and the next one. And I can't help myself. I go, oh off. damn it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Daniel pulls up right next to his into the crook of his neck and goes, "No worries, bro. Like it happens to all of us." Delana has got to come up on the other side of his neck, like both of us as stealthy <laughs> as possible. She's like, yeah, no, it's totally fine, dude. Like, we got this. Like, we're so quiet. We're so quiet. They don't even know we're coming. <laughs> That's a good point. Hey, if Deck was able to get out of here with an entire body on his back, maybe we'll be okay. Yeah. Or he rolled really, really well. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be kind of interesting. So, Riven, eventually, after some cussing and broken stairs on the ladder going up, you eventually kind of break even with where like the light is coming in. You look around and it looks like you're in a very like large watering basin. Oh. For cattle that's made out of wood. So think of like uh, like a wading pool, but made out of wood. Oh, okay. And I'm underwater? You're not underwater, but if you look up, you can see kind of like a shimmery silveriness. Like it looks like you're underwater, but you can breathe. I'm under the water, but I'm not underwater. But there's no water. You're beneath the water. Yep. Magic, I'm probably. Hold my hand up into the shimmering part and see if I can touch water. So you hold up your hand into the shimmering part and you don't feel any difference. So you can see like your hand kind of hit the surface of said water that your head is under, and your hand goes through, doesn't feel like there's anything into the night sky. But you can see where there's like the edge of a roof and you can see like the moon off to the side with like the moonlight coming through. You're under some sort of like rooftop. And you go, hey guys, the water's fake. It's like a mirage? And I'm gonna climb up through it. So I'm, I'm up and through it and I'm guessing out of the trough. 
So you get up and like climb out of the hole completely and like you stand up and you find yourself so you're in like a barn that's different from the one that was like behind the butcher shop. And as you kind of like look down of where you're standing, it looks like you're standing in the middle of like a watering basin for cattle or for like horses and stuff. That's mm -hmm. like a like a wading pool. But there's not actually water there. Okay, I'm gonna climb out and look around. And so you look around and it looks Again, like you're in a very large barn, but there's no animals that are near you. You can see they're all kind of like down at least a few stables. Okay, but it's just a barn. There's nothing that would indicate that I'm in an area that would be dangerous or that someone's watching. So it doesn't seem like there's anyone around. So as you look through, so an open stable would probably be a better explanation than like a barn. So you can like see out the side. It's a place where like horses would be stationed. And as you, so you can like look through like the sides. There's walls to it, but they don't go all the way up. There's like an opening where you can look around. Okay, then I'm going to lean back over the basin and motion for everyone to climb up behind me. Hey, follow. Yeah, time to go. And so everyone else climbs up through the ladder and through the illusionary water and out of kind of like the drinking or the water, the fake water basin that seems to be at the back corner of this stable. And as everyone climbs out, I'm going to go, that water should save us from the fire. The patheticness of the fire kept us pretty safe. What fire? <laughs> what fire? <laughs> it's the best response. I didn't notice a fire. <laughs> so yeah, we're all basically looking around. Does my head stick out of the fake water? How deep is it? It, it would only be about maybe like, I mean, a foot deep. So I won't panic. Okay. All right, I'm going to say we should get back to the full staff or the full mast right away. I agree. Have a nice meat dinner. I think we earned it. Uh, yeah, I'm hungry. Probably meat, meat breakfast at this point. As as you look around, you can see that the stable is connected to the Flaxador Shipwright Company. Mm. So it's one of the boat makers. The Flaccid Ore Ship Company. Flaxador. Uh, okay. Oh. It's Lake Flaxid, the Flaccid. Flaccid Ore. <laughs> it's hard to row. <laughs> it just keeps flopping. Uh, That's way better. <laughs> That's brilliant. Full mast and flaccid ore. So there's like a sign that says flaccid ore shipping company. The stable is connected to like a really large, what looks like a warehouse that would say like flaccid ore ship range boat making company on the sides. And this stable is kind of like where they would keep like the pack horses that come in with various supplies do we based on knowing that do we have a sense of where we are in the city mm -hmm. in this case where did i put my docks district okay i found my docks district map it looks like shit i'm going to write in my journal flaxador shipwreck company also in my journal i wrote along the iron path and the midnight every tuesday thing i'm glad someone did flaxador ship company is across from the Temple of Mercy. It is on the northern side of the docks district, which is maybe like three blocks from, <laughs> this looks I like see? shit. Yeah. <laughs> There's like three blocks, large blocks from the full mast. Well, we still haven't uh, met up with that Orlando guy yet. So maybe that is our, before we start investigating these clues, we go to Orlando or do we sidestep the actual Mercy's Temple and start pursuing all of this stuff, the Iron Path and the lock stuff? Um, I feel like we need to regroup because we just kind of found out that the people who we thought were trying to corner the market on medicine were actually trying to heal the most serious disease that's ever afflicted our continent. But with pretty unsavory methods. With yeah. very yeah. questionable methods, admittedly. But 
it's not that we should just kick down his door and murder the guy. I feel like this deserves a little bit more subtlety or at least consideration. The motives have changed. Follow the zombie vein first because it's likely that like Orlando and the people who are working surface level at the temple don't know shit. And like none of us died in that last fight. So I mean, we got some time to take a break. And I got to yell at Locke about like what's happening. There's there's yeah, there's should avenues. Yeah, we drag him in and waterboard him. Yeah, you know, there's Ooh. avenues. In the fake water? That would be pretty funny. We worked actually. so hard to avoid torture before. <laughs> Although we were always open what to it. What if the water is imaginary? <laughs> oh, there you go. Use some imaginary water. The psychological torture is what's bad about it. Right. But then I psychologically <laughs> tortured a thing of armor to death so what can you do yeah i'm all about it since we kind of know where we are and we know we're about six blocks away from the full mast let's eat meat and and regroup yeah let's let's leave the flaccid ore and go to the full mast full mast is usually preferred <laughs> over the flaccid or it is yeah. yes unless the full mast lasts longer than four hours and then you're in trouble <laughs> then you are in trouble yes then you need to go to the temple of mercy brought to you by viagra stay thirsty my friends <laughs> If Viagra wanted to sponsor us, I would absolutely allow it. That's fine. I with would me. absolutely take dick pill money. That yeah. would be <laughs> Pfizer, so big dick pill money. <laughs> big Pfizer's, dick. Pfizer's pill. gonna have plenty of money to throw at whatever at this point. Okay, so back to the full mast. Back to the full mast. Didn't uh, Grom change the name of it? What was it to like Flappy Clam or something? It's something dumb so it was the, now. The hungry gull. Yeah, we don't care what it is. It's the full mast. Trying to find something that couldn't be misconstrued. <laughs> I don't know how, but I feel like that's somehow worse. You can always construe whatever you want. The hungry gull. What is it hungry for? I just assume it's a vagina. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very, very hungry gull. So when we get back to the full mast, I'll find Alan and be like, would you make us uh, five meat dinners, please? Six. Six. We're inviting Locke. Oh, yeah. But well, we're going to eat a meat dinner and then we'll invite Locke for dessert. Yes. For meat dessert. Meat pie. We're not ready to interview Locke yet, so we'll we'll feed no, him a meat just, lunch tomorrow, maybe. Yeah, we just know that we have to interview him. Okay, so you, you make your way back to the Hungry Gull, the, the informally no, formerly known as the Full Mast. You kind of pass your way, so it's pretty late at night, so a lot of the kind of the night crew, the Dragon night crew is slowly shuffling out as you are shuffling in, and there's a band of four half-orcs that are like singing some old sailor song outside the loudly. As I'm going to pull like out my piccolo and in. provide them accompaniment as long as I'm passing them by. Okay, so you keep passing them by and they make a couple snide remarks about the pitch of the piccolo and what is that and they kind of scream at you a little bit and Rude. point at how short you are. Mean. Jerks. You go into the Hungry Gull and you can see that Alan is kind of like busy wiping down some tables and Grom's kind of wiping down some tables after the last crew comes in. And you can see their eyes kind of like light up a little bit as everyone kind of walks in. They kind of look around to make sure that all the patrons are gone. Then so Grom goes, well, how was it? Uh, you all right? Orton is dead, but Deck has left with the body. Also, they may have been on to a cure for the scourge. But we killed them, so it doesn't matter that much but we have the notes and the oil experiment mm -hmm. notes <laughs> we're all just like sputtering random information <laughs> at him i i punched a guy to death have happened you know it was kind of a tumultuous day we have a bunch of bismuth like now kindergartners and... recounting their day but we also murdered them all with this poisonous dagger thing so orton is dead but it all runs deep with uh zombies and a potential cure for zombies the roving death and we have some leads that we're gonna pursue you guys are Oh, so there's more to it, isn't there? 
quite a bit more. The insinuation is that the temple shot its prices up to pay for some sinister research that went toward finding a cure for the roving death. And he kind of he kind of looks down and looks at you and he goes, well, I guess that's not really part of the job, but I'll leave it up to you whether you want to keep going through with this. Oh, we're going to go punch that, like, that other guy. What was his name? talking to Solomon. Solomon. Asshole McGee. Yeah, Solomon. We're going to do that, but, like, we just need, like, a nice little meat dinner, (laughs) as my cohort (laughs) has has put it. Well, one way or another, it all leads back to Solomon, which is Sister Alma's big problem. So I think by going this way, we will solve that problem too but it's all connected it's all connected there's also orlando who's like the front desk guy yeah but we're gonna kill as a lot of them probably we're gonna talk to them how's first. that sloppy joe coming <laughs> <laughs> sloppy joe's out of like the most expensive meat ever <laughs> i think we've got some leftovers for you there's only like 30 pounds left only 30 uh man that's not gonna feed all of us <laughs> <laughs> we just have to have enough meat for a lock tomorrow we tell him there's meat and then we club him over the head when he gets here we can't kill someone we need information from i didn't say no kill. but we can I punch him club over the head yeah we can punch him probably i got stunning fist i think or some garbage you can also hit really hard now apparently i can punch really hard now we could also try to talk information out of him. No, that sounds ridiculous. I think I've got punchy gloves for a reason. Grom goes, all right, I'm not I'm not sure what you all found out, but I think you all deserve one well-deserved rest and some well-deserved steamed ham. Steamed hams? A Richard Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> you can continue with whatever you decide to do in the morning. Well, we're going to enjoy this meat, but Alan, tomorrow afternoon, we're going to need you to make up a meat lunch for six people. We're expecting company, bro. Oh. One whole guest. One whole lock. Alan looks a little confused at first, but then just kind of goes back and- He always makes that fucking face before he does things. He always (laughs) does. Get used to it. Alan, come on, man. Like, you, you've been working with us for, like, two days now. <laughs> like, come on. Can never just smile and say yes. Always has to have a fucking sour face about it. Isn't he actually, like, a super shitty cook, too? Fiona. The super shitty cook is the is a small child behind the counter. She improves every day, though. Yeah, that's what we keep telling Yeah, she the got customers. a lot of meat to practice on. Yeah, you can't screw up the best sausage and best both us. By yield yelp. <laughs> Alan pulls some steamed hams out from the kitchen and everyone helps themselves to a well-deserved steamed ham dinner <laughs> and some sloppy joes, which can be cooked up upon request. How many of these will end with meat? I think we should make it a practice of ending every one of these with a meat dinner, at least until the meat's gone. I'm going to I'm going to raise a fork of ham up for, for Deck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. And then I'll eat it. Cheers. Cheers with ham. Steamed ham. Yeah, a flaccid ore of steamed ham. In a different episode, we referred to steamed ham as a Richard Nixon. <laughs> it checks out. Matches all the criteria. The clink of the ham, the squish of the hams together at the end of the forks is a good way to draw the curtains. Thanks so much for joining us on another quest. Be sure to tune in next time to keep up with the continuing adventures of our crew. You can check out the video version of our adventures on YouTube, or you can listen to them as podcasts wherever podcasts are found. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow Heads Must Roll on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks! Thanks!